Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. In historical terms, Ireland's transformation into a multicultural society has been dizzyingly fast, but there's now a generation who were born or grew up in Ireland and who are now figuring out their identity being of Ireland and of somewhere else. A new book profiles many of these peoples. It's called Black and Irish, Legends, Trailblazers and Everyday Heroes. Brianna Fitzsimons is co-author of the book. Brianna, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, now, you're from Yonkers so originally, so I suppose you have an interesting perspective because uh, you were coming, as I understand, you were coming back and forth to Ireland for a long time. Yeah, but when you yeah. w- when you came to live here, mm. your uh, perspective on what it means to be black and Irish is probably quite different to what it might be in the US. It is. It definitely is. And actually, my first time, I suppose, meeting black and Irish people would have been my students. So mm. I'm a secondary school teacher. And so when I met my students and kind of got to learn a bit about their identities and their kind of formation and of, of the black Irish identity. It was really interesting and fascinating. And it is different. It is, um, you know, it's such a new kind of thing that's still in the process of being developed, this type of identity, mm. um, where, you know, in the U.S. there's kind of entrenched things that have been there for generations and hundreds of years. And you have layers of of, of history there and, and racism and things like that that have been just kind of really firmly established established for a long time. And in Ireland, you don't have that. In Ireland, you have a country that was colonized itself and has its own kind of experience of oppression, right? And then this kind of solidarity with people who are also coming from oppressed places and this really interesting, unique mix of of people coming from really rich cultures, coming into another really rich culture and forming something new and amazing. Mm. Um, And... I really love just to just to mention the book there, but the Elliot um, Coelho, who's who's the Irish dancer in the book, he's just a really good example of a really young Black Irish person. You know, he's just starting his first year in Trinity now, but taking on such an art form like Irish dancing and making it his own and bringing in his own kind of unique spin to it all is just really fascinating and yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool well, to watch. Because in the US, one always get uh, the, the racial issues are mm. so charged in the they US. Are. It's almost like there's various kind of versions of America where yeah. people kind of yeah. are siloed to a certain You're extent. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm mixed race, so my dad is is Puerto Rican um, and that would, would be where I have African ancestry through that. Um, also a colonized place, mm. um, still colonized by <laughs> the United States of America, if I will say. Yeah. Um, and uh, my mom is German Jewish and my grandparents uh, were Holocaust survivors and arrived in, in America. As, Crikey, you've yeah. got a lot of history going on <laughs> I there. do, yeah. I do. They, they arrived in, in New York as displaced people, like they were refugees themselves. Mm. Um, so yeah, I have this very kind of, that's my background. That's who I was, you know, told who I was, who my people were when I was growing up. Um, and that didn't necessarily jive with what people thought when they saw me. So, mm. and even my brothers, I have younger brothers and they look different than me. You know, one brother had blonde, blonde hair growing yeah. up. So we looked very different. You know, nobody realized that we were siblings and things like mm. that. So kind of this, this, yeah, the formation of identity and, and having these, like you said, these kind of almost separate Americas where people have this really strong sense of identity, really, this belonging to a community that has... You know, the black community in America has suffered and has had to kind of band together to to, you know, counteract the oppression that has been put on by them by their own government, you know, by mm. their own society. Um, and you have the same thing with with La- Latinos in, in, in America and within those communities, even branches of. Right. You know, you'd have the Mexican community, you have Puerto Ricans, you'd have other Caribbean Hispanics like Dominicans and, and Cubans. And everybody's kind of doing their own thing and sticking together in solidarity. Mm. But it's really hard sometimes to 
realize that those groups, if we kind of all just came together and and in solidarity with each other, we'd realize that we have a lot more in common with each other than people probably give us credit for. Yes. So yeah, but yeah, so I I have this kind of yeah I, I suppose my background of that that very unique background mm-hmm. um, and and that history behind me, you know, like my ancestors being overcoming oppression you know i have i feel like i have this big responsibility to Mm. to kind of live up to to what they did you know so like like, would it be fair to say that what we're seeing in ireland mm. at the moment is a process yeah really definitely in a way yeah definitely and we're very kind of probably at the beginning ish you know like it's not the very very beginning but we're, we're establishing some things you know you have um Young people who would have come over, you know, in the last 20, 25 years um, who were either born here or or came over when they were very young. And so they are now entering adulthood, maybe have starting to have kids themselves. And so we're seeing this kind of generational kind of shift mm. in in what Irishness looks like. And yeah. it's really fascinating and it's beautiful to, to be, a, be a part of it. And for them, mm. because a lot of them, as you say, came over were... It, when they were very young or, or were, they born were born here, here yeah. and you know they have an Irish accent and, yeah, and, and you know they're, yeah. uh, um, so are they, uh, but for their parents I imagine yeah. in many cases it must have been a huge culture shock so they're probably yeah. explaining Ireland to their parents yeah, too th- yeah I would say so it's kind of like any immigrant story you know I could say the same thing about my mom teaching my grandparents English when, mm. you know they didn't know English they only spoke German so you have that kind of yeah that immigrant story of you know the first generation of kids to be to have a new identity mm. um, and teach their parents some stuff but but their parents are also teaching them about where they've come from also yeah. which is really wonderful um, and it's it's interesting to watch that kind of unfold and see how different people take that on and everybody individually will, will you know, interpret that and, and do with it what they will. Um, but to see things, like, come together beautifully is 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 really cool. Like, I think of, like, Cello, you know, who's who's a drill musician and mm. he's got Guelga going on in his drill music, you know, yeah. and, and rapping Clondalkin all the time and things like that. So it's just really cool to see the mix and the, the coming together of it all because yeah. if you think about it, even though these cultures might be kind of originating from hundreds of miles apart, there's so many commonalities in in the stories. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. Uh, and is this happening, if you like, in, mm. in kind of individuals in different places around the country mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, kind of wrestling with this? Or, yeah. Or, or there, I mean, because say in, you know, people would know in Limerick, there was a big yeah. explosion of hip hop. Yes. Which were, and you have Denise Chyla. Uh, yeah, and, just yeah. Chyla and, yeah. and, and all that gang yeah. around her. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 are there groups of people doing this or is it mostly kind of individuals in I, different places. I'd say it's a bit of both. You know, you have you have the individual process of figuring out who you are in relation to your society, which we all do, right? Mm-hmm. We all go through that process when we're when we're figuring out who we are and our identities. Um, but then you have groups like like Black and Irish say that is kind of trying to figure out a way for all of these communities that are kind of popping up all over to come together as a, as a, as a common community so that yeah. we can kind of work together. Um, because you have people from all over the place. Like you have, like here's me, I'm Afro-Latina. You have tons of Brazilians who, who are Afro-Latinos. You have, um, you know, Nigerians, you have Kenyans, you have people from all over right. Africa. And, That's what so, I was going to yeah. say, because yeah. I know black and Irish is a blanket term, but you're talking about people who come from wildly disparate Everywhere. cultures. Yeah. yeah, that African diaspora is massive. Yeah. So we, you know, you have Caribbean, you know, Jamaican Irish people, you have people from all over. Um, but what I love about being part of Black and Irish is that it's, it is that umbrella term. It is trying to bring in everybody because there is this, this commonality. The one thing we do have in common is that we are racialized as Black in Ireland. Yeah. So what can we do with that? Like, yes. And how can we kind of make that our own and, and, and define that for ourselves? And that's, mm. I think, what we try to do with this book is really show how unique and how 
like multifaceted that identity is, that it's mm. not a monolith, you know, but also that there are some really common themes that run throughout all of those stories as well. Yeah, so. but it is interesting, though, because I suppose the different routes people had into Ireland, mm. that there isn't like... If you go to Sligo Town, there isn't a black part of Sligo Town. No, not it's, yet. It, not yet. No, no, but, 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 but that's so, so yeah. it, to an extent, like you have people uh, um, who've come from all over the world. Mm. So they, and especially the younger ones, as mm-hmm. you say, are kind of figuring out, okay, I know where my parents came from, mm-hmm. what, what my um, what my culture is on that side, but yeah. I'm going to integrate this into mm-hmm. Ireland rather than staying as is in many other countries mm-hmm. that have a, a history of colonialism. Yeah. They're staying in kind of... Like insular... Insular kind of, little groups. Yeah. And, and, and that, you, in turn, will change Irish culture to I some degree. I think so. And, you know, um, there are communities, like there are kind of locations, like let's say in Blanchardstown, where you have, and Lucan, where you have kind of groups of people who are from similar cultures. They mm. are finding each other and living, and that not just in the black community, but all uh, other ethnic communities as well. Um, so you will have that. And I think that's a natural kind of thing. You look for people who are like you so that you feel safe. Sure. And, and and yeah. understood. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's really cool because kids are go go to school. Like the one common factor there, and I'm I'm the teacher thing, you know, here, yeah. but the one common denominator is school. Everybody has to go to school. Everybody has to go to the same, you know, mm. the same system. We all have yeah. to take the junior cert and the leaving cert and all that stuff. So that's kind of the common denominator. It almost levels the playing field in terms of what everybody learns and things like that, which is right why our education system needs to make sure it's a bit more inclusive than it is at a moment, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but having everybody get that taste of, like my daughters are in, in uh, junior infants in second class, and they, my, just because it's, it happened this morning, my seven-year-old this morning said to me, Mommy, can I just work on your Irish this weekend? Can I just teach you some Irish? Because yeah. <laughs> I really need you to know. So they're, yeah. like having kids that are just kind of fully immersed in, in Irish culture through school is one of the big ways that that happens. But then be able to, and what I love about their school is that they get to bring in their own bits as well. Like they mm. get to bring in their own culture, their own backgrounds and and share. And and my kids learn about all the different cultures that are present, you know, in the classroom. So it's this wonder, it's becoming, I hate the word melting pot, but it's becoming this kind of really lovely blend. And I mm. think that's what's really amazing about Ireland is that it is so welcoming and it is so open to this. Yeah. Um, the vast majority of Irish people are want this, you know, recognize that how diversity brings so much wonderful stuff, right? Like bringing Mm. in other cultures, we get new music, we get new art, we get new writing, you know, we get all this wonderful cultural stuff um, that I think that's, that's what's amazing. Um, Yeah. And I I feel like school is is one of those places where that's starting. Yeah. And in schools and Mm. in the book, indeed, is it, it, to a certain extent, is it educational for white Irish people oh, yeah. to say, well, this is how you address your fellow Irish people who might have a different skin shade to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and not the usual, where are you from kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, there's other ways we can ask that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are other ways we can ask questions, you know, about um, where people are from or what their ethnic background might be, you know. Um, and there's there's definitely ways that you can say, like, oh, you know, I like, where where are your bouts are your parents from or whereabouts are, or, are you, were you born in Ireland or, you know, maybe mm. not something quite so specific as that. But I like to say, where'd you grow up? Yeah. Because then you find out where somebody's from, right? That's literally what you want to know, where someone grew up, right? And then ask questions like if they tell you that they grew up somewhere, but they were, they met, that might open them up to say, well, but I was born over here, you know, or Mm. my parents came from over here. They might just give up that information themselves. I have no problem talking about that. 
I'm American. <laughs> like, yeah. that's obvious. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, I've asked, I've actually had that question asked of me. You know, yeah. I've said, you know, where are you about to be from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. Well, but where are you really from? I, I don't have another answer. Like, I don't actually. <laughs> what? what do you mean? I'm what German, you, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm like, do you want to, what are you asking me? You know, you want to know where my ancestors are from. You want to know where my parents are from, my grandparents? Like, it could go really, I'm American. So, who, you have no idea how far that back that yeah. could go, right? But, that, so think about what you're really wanting to know when you ask a question like that, I suppose. Yeah, because I think kids are less hung up on these. Like, I, I, I have a seven-year-old oh, yeah. and, and she uh, and she's a, a friend who's black. Yeah. And uh, the other day she, she just said um, that the friend said she's from Africa. And my yeah. wife got all kind of oh, yeah. super <laughs> woke touchy. I said, no, she's not. She's Irish. Yeah. And my daughter said, yeah. But she's but, also from Africa. But, but there you go. Yeah. So, so like, she had no difficulty with that exactly. particular concept. We yeah. were maybe a bit, you know, a bit too touchy about and it. And it's yes. us. And that's what I love about, you know, being a parent, being a teacher, is that learning from the kids mm-hmm. and, like, showing them that it's okay to talk about this stuff. That yeah. it's, it's okay. It's us that are having the hang-ups, like, not yeah. them. Um, my daughters, like, we talk about skin color all the time. Because mommy and daddy have different skin color, you know, and I get much darker in the summer, and and I get dark, they get darker than their dad. Their dad sits in the sun. He's in the full black, yeah. you know, get up in his Doc Martens on the beach kind of the guy. Um, he's gonna love that I said that. But there's we have to we have to talk about skin color because there's difference in my house, right? Mm. So we address it. We talk about yeah, mommy has this skin color because my ancestors came from this part of the world and that part of the world and that part of the world, and and so you have a little mix because you have mommy and daddy and you know whatever and and I'll, I'll name things like melanin and things like that they, they know these terms um and I think it's really important that they like what I'm seeing from that from me having those conversations when they're describing my daughter just told me she met a new friend yesterday and I said okay what does she look like and she said oh she has light skin or light more maybe skin color more like mine was the first thing that she said <laughs> I'm like what color hair does she have you know but that's that's how they're recognizing who their their friends are, who mm. everybody is, how they relate to them, like it's all and it's all like what's why are we hung up on it? You know yeah. why is it? Yeah. Why can't we name what we look like to each other? Like that's okay, you know. Yeah. Like it's okay to say I have brown curly hair, you know. Like that's what I have. So mm. and I have brown skin. That's what I have. So I think the kids are like you said. They're they're not hung up on this stuff. They're happy to have these conversations. They're they're used to it even. And it's as we get older that we get uncomfortable. So yeah. we need to make sure that we're bringing up this generation to not be so uncomfortable and that it's just normal. And you did mention earlier about the school system and inclusivity. Mm. Oh. What more? Oh, we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> just not, I don't want to have you risk your job or no, anything. Oh, but, no, it's okay. I'm not what, teaching this year, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> but what more could it be doing? Oh, it could be more inclusive. It could have, let's In say, let's say secondary school, let's say the Leaving Cert. I was an English teacher and mm. a special education teacher. So there's a few things that are not inclusive about the Leaving Cert um, from multiple different perspectives. But we're not reading, kids are not reading texts by authors from multiple different backgrounds. That's mm. just not there. Yeah. Um, the options aren't there. The Junior Cert is getting a little bit better, um, but teachers aren't necessarily choosing those texts that are maybe a little bit different or new or written by people who they don't quite understand or they mm. don't relate to. Um, there's a nervousness about doing diverse stuff. Yeah. Um, and if I think about my students who have, you know, learning disabilities and additional needs, like 
the leaving cert is not meant for them. You know, like there's other stuff. There's it's more than just, you know, race and ethnicity that we need to be talking about in terms mm. of inclusivity. So there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm finding that. So I do anti-racism and anti-bias training um, and I primarily focus on that with teachers. And I'm finding there's such an appetite for teachers from schools for that work. And every time I do a workshop, it's always, what what can I do? What can I do to be better? What what Give me some ideas about supplementing. And there's so much. Take a quick Google online to find things that you can use to supplement what we have to teach, you know, what's mm. set on the curriculum for now. Um, but yeah, like the NCCA, the Department of Education, there's a lot of work that can be done. You know, bringing in inclusive voices in those decision-making processes would mm. be really important. And they are starting to do that. So that's really good. And I'm hoping our book will be one of those supplemental texts for now. And it is, actually, it is. I just was reading an email before I came in here from a school librarian who was talking about um, Elliot's chapter, and they're already using it in the school. It's, they've packed their library with the books. They want posters so they can celebrate him and mm-hmm. stuff. And he's an alum, but still, they're, I've heard from primary schools that they're using that chapter already in, in classes this month. So, And the book just came out last week. You okay. Know? Well, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really there. cool. Uh, and the name of that book is uh, A Black and Irish uh, Legends Trailblazer. Blazers and Everyday Heroes. Brianna Fitzsimons is co-author of it. You'll see it in a school near you sometime yeah. soon. Brianna, thanks a million. Thank you so much. Can I just do one little plug? Okay. Actually? Yeah, it's we're going. We're taking part of the Dublin Book Festivals this month, this year, and on the 10th of November, we're going to be in the Pierce Street Library with a schools event. So Leon and I will be there. I think it starts at 10:30. Um, so yeah, we're just okay. really happy to be part. All right, Brianna, Thank thanks you. a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.